It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is March 24th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and I hope you guys are doing all right. You're staying healthy. You're staying mentally with it, physically with it, um, having to be socially isolated and social distancing. Those of you in quarantine, I hope you guys are all good and staying healthy um, and that everyone's doing all right without hockey. Uh, it's tough times right now without any hockey. No live Bruins games to talk about or tweet about or write about. Uh, no NHL games, no college games, nothing. No sports. I mean, there's really just nothing going on. Ironically enough, though, I think Nesson this week is having on um, – the beginning of the 2011 cup run. So I think this week they're airing the games uh, against Montreal. I believe the, I think the first five, first five games they, they have, they're having a bunch of games um, and they're starting to show the entire 2011 cup run uh, for the next couple of weeks, which will be awesome to watch. Um, I've been posting highlights here and there. I think for Bru- the Bruins seal on us, Twitter, we're live tweeting the 2011 games as if they're happening in real time. I mean, it's all we got. So we might as well uh, enjoy it like we can. Um, on today's episode, I had on Marissa and Jemmy, the Boston Herald. You know Marissa. Uh, we talked about Tuka Rask, talking about potential retirement after his contract is up. Jacob's falling short um, in the latest updates from the NHL. Before we get into that, though, uh, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. But let me tell you something. You'd be wrong. Our exclusive, Our exclusive partner... Bet online still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. So there's a ton of stuff to do. Um, and you guys have so much time going on. And it's all open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 uh, poker series. Again, like everyone's looking for things to do. This is the perfect thing. If you're into props, entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and you can even bet on the weather. Uh, we're that desperate at this point. You can bet on the weather. Uh, visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus uh, with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code CLNS50. Again, a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code CLNS50. Bet online, your online wagering experts. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Marissa and Jemmy. And we're here with Marissa and Jemmy. Marissa, what's up? Uh, you know, just having a wonderful time social distancing. What is up with you, Evan? I'm doing the same. Social distancing, not leaving the house. I leave the house here and there, kind of just, you know, if I need to. I need to, you know, sometimes I need to get out of the house sort of to just take a mental break. 
Um, I have a street hockey net in my garage. Have not used it since I was probably 14. I've been using it lately. Just that was like last year, right? When I was 14, yes. I'm 15 now, 14 then. So it's just a year difference. But no, I really like, I, I, it's just trying to, I feel like we, everyone's just got to be busy. Find something to be busy with, right? Correct. Yeah. Just find something to do. Luckily we have this Bruins podcast and there's obviously so much news. So we have to get to all of it. Right. I mean, come on. There's so much news. Um, all right. So we'll start with a place I didn't think we'd start at. We were talking about this before we started recording. Um, the future of Tuka Rask. So this, uh, Rask spoke to Matt Porter of the globe. I think Matt Porter said like a month ago and he's just putting it in his hockey notes now. Um, and basically Rask said to him, quote, I have one year left in the contract, so we'll see if I even play. We'll see, always a possibility. And then he said, just to be home, he said, the wear and tear of the travel with two, almost three kids now makes you think. I love to do it, but it's tough. So Rask kind of saying that, you know, his contract is up after next season. Maybe he hangs him up. What do you think of that? Well, like we were talking about before we started recording, I felt like we already knew some of this because I remember – Maybe last year, like, I don't know if it was after the leave of absence or I forget what brought it up, but I remember him kind of implying that at some point last year and a couple of other times afterwards. Like, I I think it might have been a media day or breakup day, whatever you call it, after game seven. He referenced something along those lines as well. So I've not really been surprised now that it's in the news cycle again. To me, it's kind of been like, I think we kind of already knew there was a little bit of uncertainty there with his future. I mean, I've been asked about it a couple of times in the past. Uh, they just signed Jeremy Swayman, obviously, so he's looking like a potential goalie of the future. So uh, maybe that timeline lines up a little bit. I mean, maybe he gets a crack at the NHL next year at the backup job, potentially get a couple of starts, get uh, his feet wet a little bit because you never know. But um, this is something I feel like if he's talking about it publicly, which he's implied a couple of times before, like I said, the Bruins are probably aware at the very least, and they probably know that that's a direction they have to look at. Yeah, so I think, again, like we, as you said, we sort of knew this, but I think it really kind of starts the conversation of what do the future Bruins look like? Like, I think you're going to really start to see, and I think it makes this Stanley Cup window so important, and it makes this stoppage um, of their remarkable season thus far even more tough to swallow for them. Because, again, all right, Rask retires after, let's just say Rask retires after next season. So next season's his last. David Krejci's contract is also up after next season. And he's talked about finishing his career in the Czech Republic. Uh, I believe he said that when he signed this contract he's currently on, he talked about going back to the Czech Republic to play. So you have two core pieces of the Bruins gone. Now, the Bruins do have centers of the future that we're confident in that can probably play Stadnika, maybe Frederick, maybe Beecher. So around that time, maybe one of them will be ready. But in net, there's not a time. There's Swayman, there's Ladar, but there's not a ton in the future. There's no certainties in net for them. I mean, they could really be headed for a time of, of, of turmoil in net after Rask is gone. If he leaves after next season. Well, there's Kyle Kaiser too, right? Kyle Kaiser as well. I keep feeling like he's being forgotten. I mentioned him on some radio interview the other day, and I'm like, why did I have to bring him up? Did everyone forget Kyle Kaiser? Did he leave? And I don't know about it. So 
I was like freaking out, but like, no, Kyle Kaiser, like is still a guy too. So, uh, and he has some junior team USA experience as well. So I feel like it's not doom and gloom. Obviously you want to have a good goalie. You look at teams that have won the cup final the past two years and goaltending is a big part of it. It's almost like quarterback in the NFL, right? If you have a good quarterback, you're kind of okay. But if you don't have a good quarterback, that means you have a really bad one pretty much. And goaltending's not like the steep, the, the, the um, cliff isn't as steep, right? Like you look at NFL quarterbacks and I've had this argument before the top 16, you go from number 15 to 16 in the NFL and the drop off is like really drastic. And I feel like that's not the case with goalies, but it is to an extent, right? Like you look at the top goalies and then you look at who aren't the top goalies and you're like, Oh, okay. So you really need to have a solid goalie. So it's something that Bruin should really be preparing for uh, no matter what, it, whether that's Rask after next year, whether that's a few years afterwards, it's almost like the whole Tom Brady discussion. When do you start preparing your quarterback of the future? And they, started preparing early with Jimmy Garoppolo and then he's not a guy there anymore. So not to keep rambling like forever, but I've thought about this a little bit. Like you need to start preparing for that before you need to start preparing, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. And I also think with goalies, oftentimes you develop them on your own, you know, going out and getting one um, already established like a Sergei Bobrovsky doesn't always work out the way you sort of anticipate it would or, or, or thought it would. So I think developing your own guy is, is sort of the best option. And to me, I mean, Swayman played is, you know, played unbelievable at Maine this year. Um, but again, I don't, I, it's hard to sit here and project how he'll do in the NHL. I mean, he looks like a great goalie. You just wonder how, uh, he'll be in, in, in the show. And then Kaiser and Dan Vladar, I don't know a ton about. Um, but I know that they're okay. They're solid. I, I, I haven't heard any comparisons to Garask yet. Um, and then the other thing you mentioned, I think it's very important, is the league is sort of shifting away from paying goalies a ton. Um, because you know, like the you Florida know, Panthers the, say hello. The Florida Panthers have entered the chat. But if you look <laughs> at the, the, the past couple cup winners or, you know, a good amount of them, they haven't done it with these super expensive goalies. And they've also done it, as the Bruins have seen here, splitting time during the regular season, which means you pay a little bit less for a starter. I mean, you know, Jordan Binnington last season. Um, Holpe doesn't really count. Who was the year before that won the Cup? Uh, oh, the Penguins with Matt Murray. The Penguins, yeah. So, and you're again, right, too, like, I mean, about your point about goalies being developed, too, I was just trying to think, who are the best goalies in the NHL? And who have been the best goalies in the NHL the past few years? Almost all of them are homegrown. Yeah, exactly. And you need There's some I think exceptions, he, obviously. When Luongo went to Florida, he was still pretty good. And then Darcy Kempers moved around, and he was on pace to win to Vesna this year if he didn't get hurt. So, But in general, you are correct on that. Yeah, and like a guy like Devin Dubnik, too. Like The guys who leave for other places and thrive usually weren't great in the place they were at before. Like They usually need a change of scenery. I think if Tuka Rask goes to the Arizona Coyotes, I just don't think – it's as good. I think that as uh, goalies need to be homegrown, in my opinion, and they need to be, you know, in a place for a while and kind of allowed to settle down. Um, but the other point is, you know, the Bruins preparing for life after Rask, you know, be prepared to spend a little bit, but don't spend everything you have. Don't sacrifice, you know, over a seventh of your cap space for a goalie, you know, especially if you're going to split time the way they have now. Um, 
But again, it's so hard to project out, you know, who would be a suitable goalie from the outside that would make sense here. I mean, you re- it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, oh, they'll just go out and, you know, they'll go out and get Henrik Lundqvist or, oh, they'll go out and get Jordan Binnington. Um, but hey, Binnington would actually make sense. Binnington was, was developed here. Um, mm-hmm. for a little bit with the Providence Bruins. So maybe the Bruins go out and they get Jordan Bennington. If you can't beat him, join him. Um, well, there's, there's two things I want to touch on there. With, with Swayman, of course, like everyone's excited about him and he should be. He played really well in Maine this year. But don't forget Zane McIntyre was a guy for a while. and he had That was who I was thinking as well. He, he was terrific in North Dakota and everyone was all hyped up. And then he did literally nothing. And the other thing is something they would have to prepare for. You mentioned once and if that soon David Krejci leaves and they need a center, and they have some guys in the minors, obviously, who are projecting to be pretty good, but let's say some of them don't work out, because I think you'd be really happy. With prospect development, to me, I always look at a crop of guys, you're really happy if one or two of them end up where you project them. So that would, that at that same time, if Rask does retire or leave or whatever, that's his contract off the books now. That allows you some room to go and get a center, especially if a guy like Swayman does develop, and you don't have to go pay for a goalie, like what we've talked about might not be ideal regardless. You might have some of that money to go and get a center, depending who is out there at that time. Yeah, and I also think, again, like I said it a little bit earlier, it makes this stoppage in play so much worse because, you know, it's no secret the Bruins' window is not very big for a cup. I mean, I I thought last year was probably the last year. Now it's this and next year, I think. And they. I don't totally agree. I think that... The immediate window, perhaps, but I don't think, like, they're going to be bad in three years because they still have, like, David Pasternak, Charlie Coyle, some of these other players in the minors, um, assuming Jake DeBrusque resigns from his RFA deal. You have Matt Grizzly, assuming he resigns, uh, Coyle and Carlo as well. Like, you still have a really good core there for the future, even when some of these guys start to drop off. And Sweeney has done a really good job replenishing the lineup and bringing guys in. No, yeah, I mean just, like, this immediate uh, window is not big for you know guy like Char to get his next to get his second cup, Bergeron to get his second. Yeah, cup. yeah, and so I think that that's sort of a tough thing for people's mind to get around. And I don't think like I think they'll still be good, but I don't think they will be this level good in three years. I could be wrong. We don't but I know just that. Wonder- we don't know like what if Pasternak develops into being Patrick Lane part two. What if? DeBrusque gets his act together. What if their defense core? I mean, a top three defense of McAvoy, Carlo, Grizzlick in the future, and assuming they re-sign Krug as top four, that's really good. So depending who's playing in net and whether moves Sweeney makes, I think there's potential for them to contend for a while. Well, I think there's potential to contend. I just mean as good as they are right now. And I also think the uncertainty with Rask, I mean, if Rask does leave, I'm saying in terms of if he leaves, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I, I wonder who they put in net. I wonder if that person can sort of help them get to first in the Atlantic the way they are now. Um, and I just think that you just, again, it, it does all hinge on how those guys develop, you know? And, and the other question is, do those 20, the other two 2015 first round picks in Zaboral and Seneshin, do they ever turn into anything? I mean, we're sort of still waiting on them. Yeah, we're like five I, years later now. It feels we're, like feels like they, probably, nothing's probably going to happen. Well, but. we don't, like, I actually like some of the things I've seen from Seneshin in the past, but I believe, like, I, I can't remember his name now. The person who advocated to draft him isn't with the organization anymore. I can't remember his name right now. So I'm not sure they're as committed to having him be a part of the organization, if that makes sense. And Zboril's obviously been left over by uh, um, Lauzon and even Connor Clifton and stuff like that. So you, you do begin to wonder a little bit. 
Yeah, and so I, I just wonder how they sort of develop. Again, they have a good prospect system. You know, it, it hinges on them developing. It also hinges on, you know, if Krejci leaves, they might just slot Coil up to the second line as, as with him as the second line center. Um, and that's probably what might happen because, um, you know, you wonder if Stadnika will be ready to for, you know, top six minutes a year or two into his NHL career. Um, so that's also something that it hinges on. Okay, so we've discussed that. Um, now let's get into what's been, I think, a bigger story this week. Uh, and it's the Jeremy Jacobs stuff and the Bruins um, being the last team in the NHL to announce a payment plan uh, for their – for their part-time employees at TD Garden. Also, I think Bruins employees, too. Um, so Saturday mm-hmm. morning. Was it Saturday or was it Sunday? I think it was Saturday, wasn't it? Um, the statement? That was Saturday morning. So Saturday morning, uh, the Bruins put out a, a statement that said, the Jacobs family has established a $1.5 million fund for the Boston Bruins and TD Garden part-time game day associates who will be financially burdened if the six remaining regular season Bruins games are not played. We thank our associates for their patience and understanding while we work through this the complexity of this unprecedented situation. So I read that and said, oh, you know, they took a long time, which isn't great, and they were the last, and they should have been a while before. But, hey, they got the, you know, they put in the $1.5 million, you know, good on them. That's not bad. Um, and then someone on Twitter named Stacy replied to my tweet just saying that this had happened and she said I think it's only if the six remaining regular season games aren't played and I was like wait a second and I'm looking at it and I'm like but it says who will be financially burdened if the six remaining regular season games aren't played so maybe they mean if the regular season games aren't played they will be financially burdened and it has nothing to do with the 1.5 million but then I think you confirmed it that this is only goes into effect if the six remaining games don't happen, right? Right, yeah. I talked to a few employees all week. I had over 20 people email me looking to talk. Um, and what they haven't even been communicated with. I wrote something on Sunday. I haven't really updated since then. But as of then, um, they hadn't even been contacted by Delaware North. The last time they were spoken to was on Friday to, on instructions how to file unemployment. They haven't been given any directive or been told anything about this money. And as far as they know, they're not being paid anything right now. And if those games are canceled, which the NHL is going to wait till like June, uh, if, if this is still going on by like June, then they'll consider yeah. canceling games. But like, uh, that's not happening anytime soon. So these employees right now who need money, they're not getting any of it. Yeah. No, this is, it is unbelievable that this is happening. And, and I, I saw this and I was like, Oh my God. Cause I think you had texted me and you were like, Oh, they actually might mean that this only happens if the six games don't take place. And it's just unbelievable to me. Why? I I just, I can't quite comprehend why they can't just give the $1.5 million, you know, outright and say, we'll see about the six regular season games. Like these people are not getting paid anything until these games get canceled. And as you said, that might not be till June. Like, the, the hell that these workers are going through right now. I cannot even imagine it. And there's been people... Maura Healy, you talked to Maura Healy. Um, she tweeted out that, uh, and she said to you, there was a person who contacted her who's afraid of going homeless. There's probably 10 or 15 or 100 other employees who feel the same way. Um, I just, I think this is so embarrassing. It's embarrassing how late it was. And then it's even worse that it's if the six regular season uh, games are canceled. I, it's, it looks so bad. 
Well, yeah, and you look at, too, the Buffalo Sabres had a similar statement um, maybe a week and a half ago, and they ended up laying off all their employees. So I think everyone who works at a garden right now is very, uh, they're very valid in their concerns because uh, there's not much of a precedent, but the one that does exist is not very good. Yeah, and, 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 and there are other, a lot of other teams obviously have committed money to their employees to pay them during this time. Again, I mean, look, you know, the Bruins aren't making a ton of money right now, but they have a ton of it. It, it, that's the thing. Like Jeremy Jacobs ha- himself is worth nearly $4 billion. Like I'm sure Correct. they can afford to pay some of these workers. What I don't know what their wages are, but it can't be more than a, a few thousand over six games. Right. It, it, it can't be. And, and I don't understand why with other people around the league uh, doing it with the attorney general of the, of Massachusetts coming at you saying, pay your people. And even then being like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, I don't understand it. I, I really don't. Um, and uh, last week on this show, Pete Blackburn and I went over the story of how um, in 2017, those kids from, I think we should make a plane kind of outed Jacobs for not following through on the three fundraisers a year. Um, and, and it's just, it's so just, it looks horrible. Like I don't get how you can, act like that with all that money and, and, and just be like so protective of it. I just can't quite comprehend it. Um, and this just looks terrible. And, and for you, I mean, you've done incredible reporting um, on all of Thank this you. with Maura Healy and, and, and the employees. You were one of the first people I think to tweet out, Hey, here's my email. And what you say, you got like 20 emails from workers. Yeah. Yeah. I've been speaking to at least 20 workers at this point over email. I, I haven't in a couple of days now, but what's leading up to the stories I did, you and, have it in a couple um, days. Do you not care about these people or what? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the story to continue to develop. Um, <laughs> also, employees from other cities, like I talked to someone who works at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, and that was in my last story too about how Delaware North is a catering service at Little Caesars Arena too, and how the Red Wings pledged to pay all their employees, but Delaware North is not included on that, and they're not being paid out there either. So this isn't just a Boston issue; it's a company-wide issue. So just to get that straight, the Red Wings are paying the Red Wings employees, but not the Delaware North employees. Who yeah, and Delaware North employees are. aren't getting anything. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that's what I figured because Delaware North spans so much. So the concessions people, are De- are the concessions people Delaware North? Or are they- yes, yes, they are. Okay. But like Bruins employees would be like security? Yeah. Okay. But the thing is, because the Bruins and Delaware North are the same company, or they're owned by the same guy, essentially, it's the same principal owner, uh, there's more of a connection between the team and the company than there is, say, in Detroit. Yes. No, I totally agree. And, and I, it just, it looks terrible, and this whole thing has been just a nightmare for people. And again, I think as, 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 as people who write about the team and reporters and you know beat reporters like you, I think it's our job to talk about these things and report and do stories um, the Go the Bruins GoFundMe uh, started by the Larsons, who I wrote a story on. I think it was on Friday. Uh, by the way, it's thirteen year old kid. A thirteen year old kid at this point. Uh, the GoFundMe is at forty one thousand dollars, so not terrible, but that's not gonna mean a heck of a lot to a thousand employees. Um, so we'll see about that. Uh, right before we started, the NHL came out. They had a Q and A, I believe. Um, and someone asked if the NHL playoffs go into July and or August, could there be a shortened regular season next year? And the NHL said no. 
We do not anticipate a scenario in our resumption of play format that would endanger or interfere with the league's ability to stage and execute the 2020-21 NHL season in its entirety. I think there was a, a, a proposal last week that said like there would be regular season in July, playoffs August and September, October would be the draft and free agency, and then November would be the start of the season. So I guess that's not going to happen. What do you see sort of happening with the NHL right now? Well, a couple of things. First of all, everything's developing literally like minute by minute. So one thing they say today might not matter tomorrow. Look at the Olympic stuff. It was yesterday. They were saying, oh, we're not going to postpone it. We have a four-week window. And then today they're announcing it's, it's postponed for sure. So, like, everything should be taken with a grain of salt because we really don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and the second thing is just because they said the season has been shortened doesn't mean it won't be delayed. They could still delay the season and get every game in. Um, that's definitely possible and they could extend the schedule. So they didn't commit to not delaying it. They so far have announced they won't shorten it. So I think that's a big difference. Yeah, and I also think the other thing is there's probably not going to be fans in the stands for the playoff, the regular season and the playoffs. Again, we don't know. Like, we're in such uncharted territory. Like, we literally don't know. Is there a vaccine next week? Is there in three months? Like, what's this going to look like when it's safe enough for there to be a game to be played? If it's not safe enough for fans, it's probably not safe enough for a game to be played either. Um, yep. so it really depends too. Like so far two senators players have contracted it. We don't know, like it, it's too far. It's too soon for us to know if no other NHL players have either. What does the recovery process look like? What is safe to be around like locker rooms again? So like, I feel like it's re- and, like, I understand there's only so much we can talk about right now in general, but it's so tough to speculate because what we talk about right now could be irrelevant literally in a couple hours. I know, which sucks, by the way, because this is recorded in the afternoon on Monday and drops Tuesday morning. And the only time this has been worse with that was is like the trade deadline. Because like I remember um, Connor and I did a trade deadline show, and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, the Bruins should go out and get Tyler Toffoli. I think they're going to go for Toffoli. And like that night, the the – King, the Kings traded to Foley to the Canucks. And I was oh, like, try being a newspaper it. reporter with all that stuff. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it can't be good. But so, yeah, no, it's funny. You know, you mentioned like the, the uncharted territory. You're hundred percent right. I mean, everyone I've talked to non-hockey related and hockey related over the past week is like, you know, this could end next week. This could end in May. This could take till July. Like just this social distancing. I mean, nobody knows. Um, and that's sort of the scary part about this is like, we have no idea, you know, we're all huddled up in our houses. I think the state's going on lockdown today, AKA Tuesday, um, except for non-essential places. Um, so again, I mean, it just, it's just so weird. This is just so weird. And I'm so bored. <laughs> Get a Nintendo switch. I know I have an Xbox. That's what I, well, I got a Nintendo switch and I will tell you it's a lifesaver. I have a bunch of friends who've said, like, I wish I went out and bought a Nintendo Switch uh, for this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a media friend who, like, did that, and she's loving it. Um, so I just – I have my Xbox. I got Netflix. You can get it on eBay for, like, $120. It works. Yeah, I think I'm good with my Xbox for right now. Uh, I've been playing the hell out of Call of Duty and NHL. And then have you read the book Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow? No. Oh, it's very good. I'm, I have I'm so re- many books I have to get to. I promised my best friend, like, over the summer I would read the Percy Jackson series, and then I didn't, and now I have no excuse, and now I have to read that. Yeah, I read that, I think, in, like, fourth grade, I think. But those yeah. Are good. Those are very I'm good. supposed to. I promised my friend I would, and then I ignored it, so now I have no choice. 
Yeah, no, those are good books. The Catch and Kill, though, by Ronan Farrow, all about the Harvey Weinstein stuff, is so interesting. Um, and I've wanted to read it for a while, and now it's finally out. I was, I just was on a drive, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop at Barnes & Noble and get a book. It was 30 bucks, but it's worth it because it's actually very good. Um, so that's Support what I'm doing. Support local bookstores. Well, Barnes & Noble isn't really a local bookstore. but Close enough. It's close enough. There's not another in Framingham, so that's all I got. But no, yeah, it, it's... It's weird times. I mean, what I would say to everybody, I'm not, I'm not anybody's therapist. I'm not a licensed professional with this, but stay busy. Just like find like something to do, you know? That's what you're, that's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. That's what everybody's doing. All we can do. That's all we can do. Um, and don't take all the toilet paper. Why is this like, why is everyone take, you know, why was this a thing? Now places like I went to CVS the other day and they're like, oh yeah, um, you can only have one thing of toilet paper and there's none on the shelves. Um, so I don't lies. really understand what that's all about. And now I'm lucky because like early February, I bought a 12 pack for no reason other than like, I was like, oh, wow, they have a 12 pack. This is good. And then I just have it now. And I don't really like understand why this was a thing. But maybe if I was desperate for it, I would. I don't know. I Yeah, I don't get the people who are buying in bulk, like toilet paper. I get, I understand hand sanitizer, I, even though it really doesn't make that much of a difference. I understand soap. And all that stuff. I just don't get the whole toilet paper thing. It, it like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because it just it doesn't. It makes no sense. And but people can. And it's continue. like other things too because I actually need paper towels and I'm trying to not go outside. So I tried to order paper towels on the internet and like you can't. And I don't really understand this. Yeah. No. This is so weird. And people are like I was saying with Pete last week, and, and you Brunsby listeners heard like. This shows the great in people and it shows the horrible in people. And like, I feel like you either fall on one side or the other. Um, and it's the horrible people that ruin it for everybody else. But that's enough ranting on the coronavirus for today. We'll probably do it a lot in the future as things change. Uh, Marissa, before I let you go, is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, subscribe to the Boston Herald now more than ever. We don't know what's going to happen with journalism in general. So paying for your local journalism becomes all the more important. Uh, we're doing good work, like not just me, but like our entire staff is doing like really awesome um, sports adjacent stories along with breaking news. So um, and not just a Herald, like any of your local newspapers, if you, you want to get news, subscribe. It's really important. Yeah. Again, like it's not just sports right now. Obviously, the sports section is, you know, we're doing what we can, but it's the news section that's most important right now, I would say. And 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 and, um, you know, being up on the coronavirus updates and, you know, statements from local officials, Charlie Baker, Marty Walsh, those people. Um, and the Herald's a great place for that. So I will vouch for you as well, Marissa. Thank um, you very much. And for CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. Stay healthy, wash your hands, don't buy too much toilet paper, and have a great rest of your week. Yeah.